0: Today is June the 13th, and our chapter for today is Isaiah 43. Now, as you know, the chapter divisions sometimes happen right in the middle of a sermon, of a message, of a narrative, and I believe that's the case here. It comes at the end and the close of God speaking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah about their disobedience, about their idolatry, And the shocking nature of a people who continually see the miracles of God, who were given the oracles of God, who were given great favor, and yet they, as a nation, continually turned away from God. Seasons when they walked with God, but many times they turned in rebellion. But before we begin to condemn Israel, we need to look in the mirror and get the beam out of our own eye before we start working with the splinter of the nation of Israel, because we have enough sin to go around when it comes to the people of God, whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. And so God says, I have called you by name. I have redeemed you. You are mine. But notice what he said before that. Those are great words of comfort, but let's not miss the theological intent of this verse. God supernaturally brought Israel into existence. Sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we just think that, you know, God chose somebody and he blessed them and it was no, no, no. God called Abraham. And God supernaturally fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Abraham tried it on his own, he and Sarah, and they really messed everything up. They messed everything up, not just for that time period, but for ours as well, because from the seed and the children of Ishmael have come some of the greatest enemies of the Jewish people, the sons of Isaac down through the generations. And that happened because Abraham had been made the great promises by God and had been given a covenant by God. And then he tried to bring about the will of God in the flesh. By the way, that's never worked in the past and it'll never work now and never work in the future because God's work has to be done God's way. And sometimes we forget that because we think even in our modern day that if we just market something well enough and we organize it well enough and it's a well oiled machine and we've got the proper personalities in place and the proper smoke and mirrors and music that God's going to show up. That's not necessarily so, because you see, God wants all of us to understand he looks at the heart, not the outward show. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, no matter what you organize and work up, if God doesn't touch it with the fire and anointing from heaven, it's not going to be an eternal work because that's God's business. I am all for doing everything we can to get the message out. But what we've got to remember is we've got to rely on God to change the heart because you can have everything in place and everything looks good and everybody's all ready. But unless we've prayed and sought the face of God and the anointing of God comes upon what we do, it's just a well-oiled machine but not oil with the Spirit of God. God promised Abraham he would bring about supernaturally his promises. But Abraham tried to get ahead of God. He listened to his wife who was not thinking correctly, not thinking in a godly way. And she said, look, I'm old, you're old. This is not making sense anymore. And so if we're going to do this thing, then you're going to have to have sex with another woman who's not your wife. And God didn't like that. Did God bless in spite of it? Of course, just like He does with us. But it was not God's plan. No, it wasn't. God wanted to bring about a supernatural creation, and that's exactly what He did. Abraham was an old man. Sarah's womb had already dried up. She was long, far past menopause, But yet God brought to life her womb. He gave Abraham the ability to impregnate his wife. And God says over and over again throughout the Bible that he supernaturally brought Israel into existence. He created them for a plan and a purpose. And this is just exactly what he says. He says, now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. And he who formed you, O Israel, God did it all. And he said, words of comfort, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Now, all of these things had come to pass, and would come to pass, and have come to pass. We witness this in the book of Daniel. I mean, three men, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, better known as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, were actually thrown into a kiln, into a furnace, and the fire did not hurt them, just as God promised. He said, "'For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior.'" Those are some identifiers there. And he said, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. In other words, God said, I have put down other nations and I have raised you up in spite of your disobedience. You see, God can do that because He's God, and He has honored Israel. He loved Israel. And we've got to remember this. Many times we say, well, the nation of Israel rejected Jesus when He came as Messiah. Yes, the nation did, but one day the nation will see Him for who He is. But it was not in vain. You see, an entire nation doesn't have to turn to God in order for change to take place. God took 12 men. And with their witness, their testimony, and what happened in His divine, supernatural enabling, you see, He supernaturally brought the church into existence, and He supernaturally empowered them and enabled them, filled them with the Holy Spirit, baptized them into the body of Christ, and they became a mighty army that shared the witness of Jesus and His substitutionary death, His burial, and His resurrection, all in fulfillment of the scriptures. And for the first 10 years, there was not one Gentile in the church. Now, you might argue, well, it was eight or nine. Okay, you have it your way. But it was a long time. It was all the way into Acts chapter 10 before the first Gentile was saved. And so God supernaturally brought the Jewish nation into existence. And God used that supernaturally created entity, the Jewish people, to not only Only give us the Bible, the message of God in print, but also the Messiah of God, the Lord Jesus. He gave us the written word, then He gave us the living word, and He enables us to experience. The supernatural power of God that is embodied in the person and work of Jesus and in the written word of God. And so he says, because of all of this, you don't need to fear. He's talking to Israel. Remember, the church was not in existence then. He said, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east, gather them from the west. Why? Because they were going to be dispersed. They were going to be in the diaspora. The tribes to the north witnessed this first, but then Judah went into exile in Babylon. But God said, I'm going to bring you back in. We'll see this again in Jeremiah. He said, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created. Listen, this is the reason God brought Israel into existence as a nation. This is why he brought the church into existence. This is why he saved you. This is why he saved me this is why that he redeems us why so that we will bring glory and praise unto him he said I have formed you yes I have made you And so it's very important that we understand that God's promises are true. Everything he's ever said he'll do, he has done or will do. And we have record of that over and over again. This chapter is just chocked full of promise after promise, challenge after challenge, where God says, go back and look in the past. Everything I've said has come to pass. Look now at what I am doing and then look in the future. Can anyone else? do that? Absolutely not. Now, from time to time, I make a book recommendation to you. I have recommended a study Bible or two to you, and many of you have bought those study Bibles, and now you are finding out what I have about timelines and charts in that New King James Study Bible. By Thomas Nelson, you've been blessed by that. Well, I want to encourage you to get a video. You can get it, I think, on Netflix, on Amazon Prime. And if you don't want to give money to those, I understand that. Then you can get on CBN's website. That's Christian Broadcasting Network. I want to encourage you to get a three-video series that they have but if you don't get all three of the video series that I'm talking about now beginning with the hope that's the name of the first one the hope that is the Hebrew word hatikva ha is the a definite article the tikva is the word for hope now many of you recognize hatikva as also the name of the national anthem for the state of Israel the modern state of Israel well it is But that came from a poem that was written during the days of the pioneers. A man in Rishon Letzion, which the very name itself means the first Zion. It's right out of the book of Isaiah. They named the city the first to Zion out of a passage in the book of Isaiah that said, we are the first to tell Zion of the good news. From that Rishon Letzion, which is a city on the coastal plain near Netziona, outside of Tel Aviv, near Rehovoth, the Hatikva was a poem that was turned into the national anthem, was put to music. It was at Rishon LeZion that you had Ben Yehuda that took the language of the nation of Israel, Hebrew, and made it into a modern language, and he brought in words from... All the countries where the people had come from, modern words and ancient words, and created a script, a modern script that's taught in the schools here. But it's the ancient language of Hebrew, updated and made modern because any nation has to have a language, a language that's their own, distinct, to help with the forming of the culture. And that was first done in Rishon Letzion, just like Hatikva. Now, the reason I say that is because the name of this video that I want to encourage Encourage you to see, download, look at it on these various channels and avenues. is done by Gordon Robertson, the son of Pat and CBN. It is an excellent movie. Now, I teach a course that I developed called "The Rise of Zionism from 1880 to the Present Day." And in that course, one of the requirements, whether you're doing it for associates, bachelors, or master's credit, you have to watch this movie. And the reason is it is filled with history. And the video is done in a tremendous way. Gordon Robertson, his producers did a great service to the Gentile world and the Christian world, the followers of Jesus, by giving us insight into that. Now, Another reason in connection with this particular passage and this chapter is because at the beginning of the movie, this is quoted. Now, this is a full production of about two hours. It is a dramatic, almost like a docu-series, just a couple hours of it. It is a tremendously educational movie, and CBN, blessings on you that you've used the expertise and production and technology that God has blessed you with, and you've blessed us all. And may the Lord increase you over and over again. So I want to encourage you to do that. But as you read through this chapter, read it all the way through, and I would encourage you to read it again. Because God says, I have formed you, I have chosen you. Yet he said, when he comes to verse 22, you've not called upon me, O Jacob. "'You have been weary of me, O Israel. "'You have not brought me the sheep for your burnt offerings, "'nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. "'I have not caused you to serve with grain offerings, "'nor wearied you with incense. "'You have brought me no sweet cane with money.' nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices but you have burdened me with your sins you have wearied me with your iniquities and then he said something that's just amazing in spite of all of this he said I even I am he who blots out your transgressions your trespasses your stepping out of bounds over and over again and I've not done this for your sake but look what he says in verse 25 I have done that for my Own sake, and I will not remember your sins. This is a tremendous passage on the God of heaven saying, I have reached out to you, I created you, I've made you, I've blessed you, I've graced you, I have given you all and everything far above anything you could ever imagine, and yet. You have rejected me. You've called upon me for stuff, but you have not worshiped me properly as we agreed that you would and that you agreed that you would. But he says, I have blotted out your sins and I have done that for my own sake. And I'm not going to remember your sins. Now, please don't begrudge God doing that to anyone. I'm so grateful to God that He forgives those who are Jews and He forgives those of us who are Gentiles when we repent and turn to Him. God, in His great mercy walks with us on the way, and He brings us back to Himself. And maybe it is that God's calling you today. God's been speaking to your heart. It's not just this podcast. God's been dealing with you. He's trying to draw you back to Himself, say yes to Him, and turn from whatever it is that's separating you between you and the Lord, where you cannot have fellowship with Him. There is no relationship that is worth separation from God and discipline from God, there is no sin, no habit, no drug, nothing whatsoever that you could ever think of in heaven or in earth that is worth you being separated from the fellowship that comes in walking with God. And my prayer is that you'll understand how faithful God was to ancient Israel, how he created them for a purpose, how faithful he is to us because he's created us for a purpose. And I am so grateful that we can learn together as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast.